Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Esther Polito, your favorite Jersey girl. And this is the Baddest Broad Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. There's a phrase, wherever you go, there you are. The most important relationship you have is the one with yourself. But if I were to ask, who do you love the most? Many of you would say, my kids, my spouse, my mom, or my best friend. Now, how long would it take until you said, myself? We usually don't include ourselves in that equation, because more often than not, we're busy taking care of everyone else in our life. So why is that? In the last few years, as I've gone through my own healing journey, I've come to realize that most people suffer from different levels of self-hatred, self-loathing, and low self-esteem. Some people don't even like themselves, let alone love themselves. So how do you even begin to love yourself? Just like anything else in life, self-love is a practice. It's a physical, emotional, and spiritual practice. It takes time and hard work. There's no magic wand, no ruby slippers, or movie montage. It requires honesty and some soul-searching. So today I'll share five key things that have helped me along the way. First is knowing that I am in fact human and not a robot. Although I wish I was a robot, like Alicia Vikander in that movie Ex Machina, it's great. Check it out. But being human means loving my imperfections and letting go of society's expectations. One aspect of this happens to be my weight. Asians equate a woman's size to their value. The thinner, the better. Now, I was a size zero until I was 25. When I turned 28, I was between a size two or four, which, for the record, isn't a whole lot. But the avalanche of criticism from the people in my life was severe. I was caught between two warring factions. Girls were still calling me a skinny bitch. But guys would warn me not to let myself go. Looking back, it's infuriating the kind of psychological damage people were inflicting on me as I quietly suffered, confused about my own body image. Physically, I was really fit, and most of that weight was from muscle weight from running and working out. Through the years, my weight has fluctuated, but I don't let other people's opinions affect how I feel about myself. My goal is not to have a perfect body. My goal is to feel good and strong in my body. So repeat after me. No one has the right to dictate what size my body is. I will not measure my self-worth based on a number on a scale. I love my body, and I'm grateful that it's carried me through life. Second is introspection. As Socrates once said, know thyself. Who are you? What do you really want? What do you need? Now, do I think I fully know myself? 
Yeah, for the most part. But I'm still growing and evolving. For now, I know I'm fierce, feisty, and formidable. I'm a foodie, a dog and music lover. Wait, I don't just love dogs. I'm obsessed with dogs. Some people like people watching. I love dog watching. It's true. Anyway, this podcast was born out of a need to do something creative. I've always been creative, and I started school in architecture so I can have an excuse to study art. I would spend hours painting and drawing. I enjoy design, photography, and body art, hence the tattoos. There's actually an old painting I did hanging in the hallway of Mummy's apartment. It's a colorful depiction of a street in Gdansk, Poland. It's not very good, and the perspective is a bit off, but she has it hanging in this ornate gold frame. Come to think of it, I probably get this creative streak from her, but I digress. In my adult life, and by sheer necessity, I'm a bit of a workaholic. So much so that I've suffered two instances of serious burnout, each time greatly affecting my mental and physical health. So knowing this about myself, I've had to put guardrails up in place to stay physically healthy. I keep a strict work schedule. I have to have at least six to seven hours of sleep and sometimes a nap. When the sun is out, I take the opportunity to be outside. And I prioritize movement and also massage therapy. To care for my mental health, I consistently go to therapy and I book time with my friends. But when COVID hit, it was clear I needed a creative outlet. In the midst of doom scrolling and disinfecting everything, I called Moshi, my best friend, and we started recording podcasts. And none of those recordings were ever published, mainly because we were just laughing for 45 minutes. But just having the time to chat was incredibly therapeutic, which is why he was my first guest on this podcast. Carving out the time to be able to write, share ideas and stories helps calm my anxiety and get me into a good flow state. And for any of you listening out there who's struggling right now, I know it's hard. Sometimes life can be incredibly painful. The last message my Lola had for me before she passed was, you have to persevere. I have this word tattooed by my right wrist as a reminder that I just have to get through this moment and get through the day. And it's not always easy. Third is setting good boundaries. This is especially important when dealing with my family. As I've matured and gotten older, I realized that just because you put up with someone's bad behavior in the past, it doesn't give them the right to perpetually treat you poorly in the future. Being the oldest daughter, I was always trying to fix everyone's problems. And this spilled over into my friendships and relationships. But now that we're all adults, I've absolved myself of this responsibility. And I know I'm better off for it. As Oprah would say, Treat life like it's a whole pie. It's up to you how you divide up the slices of that pie. 
You don't owe anybody anything. Be clear about your needs and requests. Because usually arguments are just the poor way to make a request. So find a calm way to communicate your needs. I know that for you people pleasers out there, you're going to have a hard time with this. But that's why it's called a practice. Simply say no to things you don't want to do. And make sure you're addressing things directly and honestly. And the people who deserve to be in your life will respect your boundaries. I know that for me, self-regulation is really important. As much as I love my friends and enjoy hanging out with them, I value my solitude and need time to myself. So if I don't feel particularly social or I don't have the energy to go out, I'll just decline or take a rain check. Fourth, find your tribe and protect your peace. There's the family you're born into and the family you find. So surround yourself with people that are for you. When I think of my relationships, I ask myself two questions. Does this person make me feel supported and celebrated? These types of questions act as a gut check. Sometimes we find ourselves in relationships that don't serve us. We tend to look to others to validate and affirm our worth. We try to fill a void with people who inevitably will cause more harm. I know this because I've fallen into the same patterns. Just like JLo, I was a serial monogamist. From the time I was 16 to 29, I was always in the relationship. It wasn't until my first engagement fell apart that I actually did the math and tried to take a year off from relationships. Mind you, that lasted 11 months, but it was still the longest time I'd been single. And let me tell you, being single is a special kind of freedom where I got to do whatever I wanted without having to check in or ask for someone's opinion and do the back and forth of, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do? I became comfortable doing things by myself, eating dinner while reading a book, going to the movies and watching a rom-com. I started to enjoy my own company. And this is the key. So listen up. A girl doesn't need a guy. A single girl can have a few guys for any platonic friendships who share the same interests, like going to the gym, catching a basketball game, or going to a concert. We as a society tend to value romantic partners above all other relationships. And in doing so, we diminish ourselves and other friends. We obsess over finding the one. But I believe there isn't just one. That mindset comes from fear and depravity. I believe you'll find many soulmates throughout your life, and most of them might be your friends. Finding good friends is like finding a rare piece of art. I think of my life like a museum, and I, its curator. So I'm intentional with the friendships I keep. 
I like to surround myself with different types of people. Some are a bit older, some are younger. My friend Gigi is quite a bit older than me. She happened to be a neighbor upstairs in my old apartment. She also happens to be Filipino, and we got on really well. She reminds me of one of my aunts who's kind and fun-loving. I miss having her next door. We would visit, have a chat, and drink some wine. And because we were both single, when either one of us would cook, we'd leave a plate for the other. She's one of my favorite people I've met in the Pacific Northwest. Gigi is an eternal optimist, to the point that it can get annoying. But she's taught me the power of having a positive outlook, looking for the silver lining. She also believes in manifesting your destiny, so we'd compare vision boards and dream of our next vacations. By then, she's introduced me to her friends, and we've had these get-togethers where we eat hors d'oeuvres, sip champagne, we'd laugh and share stories. I've learned that this particular group has lived a full life. They don't suffer fools or waste their time navel-gazing. They provided me with a lot of support and wisdom through the years, and I've cherished our time together. So choose people that are there for you. Not just when things are good and life's a party. Choose people that will show up when life's a bitch. Ask yourself, does this person bring out the best in me? Are they happy for my happiness? Does our time together leave me feeling energized? Our friends, after all, reflect who we are, who we're trying to be. So take care of the friends you have and be open to new friends along the way. Last but not least, be kind to yourself and give yourself some credit. We're living in an age of TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, where everyone is broadcasting their fancy vacations, fitness routines, and productivity hacks. We're constantly being bombarded with someone's highlight reel and filtered images. So no wonder we feel like we can't measure up. One of the key aspects to my self-love practice is that I stay in my own lane. I don't compare myself to anyone but myself. Because you can never be the prettiest, the smartest, or the most popular. I'm content in being simply myself and doing the bit of good in my community and my sphere of influence. Some days are better, and some days are worse. But I don't wallow in self-pity or focus on everything I don't have. Kelly Rippon has a great saying, I am enough, I have enough, and there's enough to share. I repeat this quiet mantra if my brain is stuck in a negative loop, because I happen to suffer from high levels of anxiety. I tend to have a habit of overthinking. Mind you, this is great for my work life, where I'm constantly problem-solving and planning. But in my day-to-day, it can be overwhelming. Writing can also be a helpful practice. Even just taking pen to paper and writing down a few small things you've achieved, like going to a grocery store, sending a birthday text, and drinking enough water, or things you're grateful for like having great friends, a loving pet, a comfortable home, will help your mindset. Speaking of mindset, pay attention to how you talk about yourself. 
I recently had an intern say, well, I'm kind of stupid. And immediately <laughs> I had a reaction and said, no, we don't talk to ourselves that way. Because that negative script in our brain is just like a little troll. And if you keep feeding it, eventually it will consume you. In this life, you'll always have critics, haters, and naysayers. And that's fine. But be your own cheerleader and give yourself credit. Your life might not be perfect, and no one's life is. But showing up for yourself and acknowledging all the little things you've done well gets you in the habit of self-acceptance and gratitude. I have a small ritual right before I go to bed. Once I've finished washing my face and brushing my teeth, and I'm applying my toner and night cream, I smile at myself in the mirror, and I say, look at you. In these moments, I'm acknowledging that, hey, I see you. Regardless of whether or not anyone else sees me, I can see myself and give myself the recognition for getting through the day. Again, your most important relationship is with yourself. So I'll ask you listeners, how do you prioritize yourself? How can you take better care of yourself? And what habits do you need to practice self-love? I encourage you to start today. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with me. Right now, I'm giving you a high five. So cheers to you. And until next time.